Edmonton, what is up? March 26th, finally, I am coming through to Edmonton. It hasn't been this crunk since Gretzky was on the ice. Edmonton, Canada, March 26th, me giving the keynote, Q&A with you, the State of the Union of Entrepreneurship, Marketing, and Business. Information below, I hope to see you there. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. What up, podcast? This episode is from the keynote that Gary gave remotely as he was unable to fly to Singapore last week. He shares the importance of his upbringing and how the real game of entrepreneurship works. So make sure to hit him up as well as leave a review and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, devastated that I'm not with you guys uh, at this incredible offsite. Um, if anybody loves Don't Stop, it's, it's me. It's really, actually, the biggest thing I have in marketing is the fact that I think we have way too many meetings making subjective calls instead of not stopping the process of ideas and making and putting them into the market in a digital world where you can get insights from Quant and Qual. Let me take a step back. First of all, once again, uh, I just want to say how, how disappointed I am that I'm not in the room right now um, some family travel situations with the coronavirus. Literally, it's very difficult when your mom and daughter pound your head into begging to not go. Uh, and so ultimately, though I like to fight the system, meaning them, uh, I, I just thought it was in the best interest today. And so I, I apologize one more time, but I'm super excited we get to do this keynote and more importantly, super fired up for our Q&A session that's about to come during this hackathon. Look, let me give you a little context because I know a lot of you don't know who I am and we'll take it from there. I was born in the Soviet Union. I I immigrated to the US when I was a little guy, uh, three, four years old. Uh, Grew up in Queens, not too far from here. I'm in Manhattan right now and kind of lived that immigrant lifestyle. Eventually my dad got a job as a stock boy in a liquor store and, uh, and that led to us moving to New Jersey. There I was a big time entrepreneur as a kid. Lemonade stands, uh, got very serious into sports cards and trading and selling them when I was 12, 13. I think I should start doing keynotes with props. I like this. Um, I learned something very valuable from five to 13. It was completely being consumer centric making signs on trees for lemonade stands and setting up baseball card tables and trying to figure out where to put things while people would walk and look at it and I would literally stand there and watch their eyes and realize, oh, this is literally an observation as an 11 year old. Oh, because we read left to right, I'm gonna put my best cards in this top corner so that they think this whole case is epic. So, stuff like that. Stuff that I don't think most 12 year olds think about and stuff that you may learn in B school in building a brand, but stuff that came wildly natural to me. Then my dad dragged me into the liquor store at 14. Uh, It was $2 an hour, not as fun as making 500 bucks in a weekend selling sports cards. Uh, But when I was 16 and finally allowed upstairs because the first two years I was downstairs bagging ice and moving bottles around. The consumer centric only mentality was doubled down on because I would stand behind a register and watch people walk into the liquor store and then I would watch them look at displays and I would realize people picked up bottles that were at eye level. Things that you understand about retail dynamics, I was learning in the trenches. 
And it wasn't reports and it wasn't schooling, it was in the trenches. And most of all, what was super important about this part and really probably the thing I wanna talk about at some level most with you guys, I can't find it, I don't know, oh here it is. Um, We need to frame this, we need to get a frame again. This is my report card, we're not gonna zoom in, but it's atrocious and let me help you. Out of the 254 kids in my class, my class rank, how good my grade point average was, was 243. Literally only 11 kids that I went to my high school graduating class with were worse at school than me. This was foundational for a lot of reasons because when you're 14 to 18, 13 to 17, you're, you're a big kid now. You're a little bit you know, out there and watching the system tell me that I sucked, that I was wrong, is really no different than you guys having to navigate through a big machine of Procter on a global level where you know the rules of the machine but you sitting right now may have an intuition that doing this video on TikTok or running this on Weibo or doing this on Facebook is a better execution than buying TBC or giving trade dollars or whatever it is. And so when I think about don't stop, I think about not stopping to push respectfully. As an entrepreneur, if you've seen my videos, I can go any way I want because if we get fired, that's my fault. Nobody can fire me for us getting fired by a client. I can just get hurt in the wallet. For you, you have to be far more political in the way you push back, but what that leads to in big companies is not saying it at all. And that's the devastating part. The devastating part is that because you understood a system, many of you are good students, you conform to that system and, and you don't do the thing that's consumer centric, which is 100% what I think about all day long. And so for me, that led to a lot of innovation. Because I never played within the framework, when I saw the internet for the first time in 1996, uh, 1994, excuse me, that led to me launching the first e-commerce wine business in 1996. Caleb, maybe you can zoom up here. This is really actually fun. I might start doing keynotes in here. Uh, maybe you can, you got a good zoom there? You got a good camera? So this is a big story that was written about how I used, in 2011, how I used the internet and social media to build my family business. I launched one of the first three e-commerce wine businesses in 1996 at winelibrary.com and that became foundational. The first two years we sold nothing. That $15,000 investment did not even return $15,000 in sales. Let me say that again for everybody in the back who has not been paying attention so far because I'm on video. It did not even return the amount of the website cost in the first couple of years because I was still at school and Carl Hirschhorn and Dick Rosenberg, the two guys behind the register who were 68 and 80, I'm being serious now, 68 and 81 years old, didn't necessarily know in 1995 how to use a electronic cash register, let alone a dot com 23 years ago. When I got there in 98, the process began. Through email marketing and Google AdWords, three years later, I was able to build a business from three to $60 million in sales with almost no dollars in marketing. That innovation gave me confidence. That led to me investing in Facebook. Caleb, stick with me here. Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. We got some stock certificates here, pre-IPO. Pretty proud of these. You like that dust? You never really paid attention. Well, you're not very observant. I invested in these companies with the only savings I had because I wasn't getting paid a lot working in the family business and those things became foundational along with Facebook into me garnering some wealth even though I've never really spent those dollars. Well, Tumblr sold to Yahoo and I got a nice check. Uh, But Twitter, not true. Twitter, I've sold 50% of the stock. 
uh, at a good price, so I'm still doing it right. Facebook, I've held on to every share, which crushed because it came out at 38 and went down to 19 and all the Facebook executives sold during that period. I was buying and so I've even doubled down. That led to VaynerMedia, consumer-centric. Even though we did three Super Bowl spots yesterday and that's a big deal as all of you know, no, no matter how much or how little time you've spent in America, the Super Bowl is maybe still the most iconic advertising in the world. Um, uh, Singles Day in China, there are some different things. The Olympics, as we know, in Japan, and I'm really excited about that, but still commercials in America, which are on a pedestal like they are around the world, in my opinion, in a huge mistake, this one commercial I think is the best deal. And, and over the last 10 years, being consumer-centric, creating tons of creative at scale, um, both my personal brand, which has built my level of fame uh, and notoriety, and for our clients, driving against business results, thank you, sir, driving against business results with creative at scale to build brand in the lower funnel. You know, people look at Facebook and Instagram and, and Snapchat and Weibo and Tencent's infrastructure, like they look at that as transaction and I look at it as brand. I've been building brand my whole life where people are and that was print and radio and television and Google AdWords and email in 1998 to 2005. But for the last decade, with the invention of this, if you are not building brand within the 10 apps that matter the most in here, then you are absolutely, absolutely losing. And so brand building in this environment, even at the face of reports that don't justify it, that's not stopping. Podcast, what's good? Uh, Wanna make sure you're signed up for the weekly newsletter. We revamped it uh, a couple weeks ago and the response has been overwhelming. Um, In the history of the newsletter, maybe seven or eight years, I think we've had two or three significant changes but there's been nothing like this. The recap nature, uh, the fact that it only comes out once a week, we, we visually loaded it up in a UI, UX that makes it easily to consume while having a ton of information. There may be no better way to keep up with opportunities uh, and information that you're probably looking for than signing up for the newsletter. Go to GaryVaynerchuk.com, uh, my website, GaryVaynerchuk.com, and sign up for the email newsletter. It's at the top or the side, or you'll find it. It's, it's there. Uh, sign up for the... Uh, Weekly V uh, newsletter, and uh, and I hope you enjoy it. And now to the podcast. That's having conviction. That's having the audacity to be right in the face of the short term, who think you're wrong. And so I love I love that. Uh, that's what I live for. That's what I dream about. That's how I think. And I've had 20 years of professional success by not listening to the middle, by not listening to the reports, but by putting my ear to the end consumer, putting my eyes to the end consumer, thinking, trying to observe what works, and that's what you need to do. You need to have the guts and the audacity. Look, the only reason, the only reason we're even here is because of the strength of your leadership to understand the actual consumer behavior today. That's the only reason I, this video is happening. It's the only reason the amazing Avery and VJ and the rest of the team are even with you. It's because of your own courage at the top. Now the question becomes, for everybody that's here, is do you have the courage to actually follow your leadership, which is remarkably rare in Procter, let alone in the entire mass-scaled universe of brand, to have the strength to push back when you don't agree with leadership, to come up with your own ideas, 
in a room and push through. That is the game of corporate. That is the game of being an intrapreneur, meaning bringing that courage, lack of fear, push within an organization to drive results, to drive change in a positive manner. That is what I spend all my time on. That is why I'm making this video. That is why we are here. And that's why I'm excited about the Q&A. And actually we're gonna do a micro Q&A right now. Lou, show beautiful Lou. Um, Hello everyone. uh, Lou is in the building and he will be asking some questions uh, which I'm excited about. And so Lou, I am ready for you. Why don't you zoom in on Lou and get his questions. Ready. Ready. First question is, what does consumer obsession mean? You know, it's funny when Lou asked that question. Um, that's really the rant I've just been on for the last 15 minutes. Um, but let me take it a different place. So what does it mean? You actually just think about the customer, not our margins, not our retail partners that distribute our product. The end. The end. And I will argue that the sit down I had with Sandeep and the team the first time was one of only eight times that I felt, ironically, it's a huge shout out to Proctor. I think Proctor gets, even for me before I met with anybody, it's so big and iconic, you're like eh. I would argue that Sandeep and Chris, who runs Olay in the US are two of the eight people in 10 years that I met, that I left and said, are they consumer centric? Wow. They actually think about the customer for real in 2018 and 2019, the two times I met those two individuals. They get it. How are they, that was really where I went, how are they navigating this big machine to get away with smart work? And now, the way I analyze Chris, who I spend more time with because we're in the US, but even in the conversation I'm having with Sandeep or watching the team around him, I'm like, okay, now if they make their team feel safe to be as radical as they are, they're gonna go through the roof. So for me it's, I'm not waiting for TikTok or Weibo to give me reports. I'm not waiting for LinkedIn to give me a report. I'm not waiting for AdAge or Campaign Magazine to give me a report. I'm just knowing what's happening with the consumer and I'm willing to spend money even though my retail partners, the press, and my internal MMM and organization say no. That's the keep going, push through, never stop mentality. Next. How do you overcome failure and also the fear of failure? Sandeep, this is on you, brother. This is leadership has to make them feel safe. You three know. You three know that if you really analyze me, I'm always trying to make you feel safe. I'll razz when I'm not happy with something. But in the macro, you feel safe. It's leadership's job to make people feel safe. Thus, the team that's watching this right now can go and say in a room, Sandeep, I think you and Gary are wrong. That was a good, now, for everybody who says that, I watch a lot of people raise their hand and say, Gary, you're wrong, because they think that's the right thing to do from the client side, and then we do it, and I end up being right. Now you lost. So what you have to say is what you actually believe. Not what you think is politically gonna work, whether that's to keep quiet or say you're wrong to seem like a lack of fear leader. This is a game of authenticity and transparency. What works for me is I stay super narrow and I talk about stuff I know. And. And I know if I'm making, and I also, when I'm making a subjective creative opinion, we'll say to the team, I'm like, this is my opinion, we'll see if it works. But when we talk about distribution and the cost of media or what's actually happening on the consumer level, that's a lot of times where I can go even deeper with my conviction because I know. So, first of all, I think it's back to ambition to answer your question. 
A lot of people watching right now only want to stay in middle management. And so you're going to stay safe. Because if you go out of range and you're wrong, you think you can get fired. So it's defense. Um, but I think it comes down to the atmosphere. They're in. Actually, let me say this. And this is an incredible opportunity for me to give a co- co-sign to Stan Deep. And again, you guys don't know me. So what you don't know is these nice things I'm saying about him right now. Is <laughs> you, You're shaking your head. I don't say it because I don't want to be wrong. I'm saying it because I believe it. And 99% of the time I don't believe it so when I do videos like this or give talks I just don't bring it up. I just talk macro. I think you guys have a rare opportunity with the leadership you have in place right now to actually be brave and I do not believe you'll have that chance often so take full advantage of it. Take full advantage of it. Um, Can you give your perspective on the best way to embrace chaos especially in an enterprise business? Um, by putting things in perspective. The way I deal with chaos and the way that I would deal in chaos if I was a upper middle leader in this team right now is realizing what's the alternative. You're in control. The reason chaos is easy for me is I know I'm in control. When a tornado or a hurricane or a virus or sales drop breaks out, I'm in control. Coronavirus, China sales are down, we're in control. We get to sit in a room and say, what are we gonna do? Uh, We think it's gonna, no matter what happens with the virus, it's gonna be another three months in China that's gonna be soft. Let's focus on Japan, let's focus on Europe, let's focus on the U, you're in control. I love chaos. Like, if Mike Tyson's running at me and I'm a boxer, that chaos, this is why Holyfield beat him. You're in control. Yeah, it's not fun or scary or whatever, but you can duck. You can decide to give up or not give up. I love chaos. Chaos doesn't scare me. I'm pumped in chaos because I know 98% of people fold like a cheap chair. I love chaos because what's the, what are we talking about here? We're talking about asking to, what's the worst that's going to happen? You'll get fired? Good, you'll get a job at Unilever. What's the worst that can happen? I love chaos. We had chaos this week in Super Bowl. The great Kobe Bryant passes away, unfortunately, a week before the Super Bowl and we have two of our three Super Bowl commercials referencing death or helicopters. We had to adjust. It was chaos. Sorry if I cursed. I don't know if I was allowed to in Singapore. You know, like, it was chaos. We were in control. I'm most calm when there's the most chaos because I go into a place in my mind of like, what's the worst that can happen? What, am I die? Oh, no? Then business? Who gives a Put it in perspective. Put it in perspective. Stop being scared. Um, what are the biggest missed opportunities for brands today from a cultural perspective and from a marketing perspective? Making content a thousand times a week, a hundred times a week based on what's actually happening in the world. The biggest miss in culture is not being in it. Every day people are talking about their face for your brand and for their lives. Not, and when I say for your brand, not for your brand, they're just talking about their face. You can make it about you. Just not being in it and then being in it and listening means that Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, Weibo, you know, these, these platforms become dramatically more powerful. Instagram is ridiculously important. YouTube is uncomfortably important to your business in a global sense. Obviously the Chinese platforms are monstrous in their market, VK in Russia, you know, so social networks. Social network, the word, has everybody in business because they think of it as small. I just call it the current state of the internet and then all of a sudden it feels big. 
Because the internet clowns on television, print, and radio. Um, I think something good to talk about also would just be like taking destiny into your own, into your own hands, like how you've done it previously in your like entrepreneur in general. And then... Yeah, I mean, look, a lot of you have golden handcuffs right now to put destiny in your own hands. You're getting paid well in a big corporation and that's why you're playing with fear and that's why you're not going on the offense, the whole thing we talked about. And I respect that so much. But if you layer the chaos answer into this whole conversation, just take a step back and ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? And I'll say it again, because this is what's fun about this being a specific talk, not a talk to a general audience. I know your leader. And your leader is giving you a prayer of permission to take risk. Just, just do that, take some risks. And when I say risks, don't make up stuff just to seem crazy. I mean, never let a moment go by in a meeting where we're doing something that you don't believe in without saying you don't believe in it in a respectful way. That's risky. That's taking destiny in your own hands. Die on your own sword. If the economy collapses, you might get fired anyway. It would have been, you'd feel better that you got fired and left what you believed on the field because when everybody goes to new companies, if you end up being right, you're gonna get hired. That's the truth. As we end today's podcast, I wanna give a huge shout out to the people, you know, it's so funny. People that leave reviews and written reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms just mean the world to me. You've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much. And even more fun, because uh, I think we all love a little cosign or a shout out or a little awareness. Uh, I'm gonna have the team give a couple of shout outs uh, daily on uh, our favorite reviews. So Dean, take it away. Which were our favorites this week? Thank you, Gary. Today's reviews, first listen. And Gary, you rock, dude. Written in by Brendel and this dude. 132, say. I discovered Gary on TikTok, followed him on that and Instagram, and got addicted. I feel like I can learn a lot and I'm very intrigued. Plus, it's always nice to see another Jets fan thriving. And secondly, I love your common sense approach to business and just life in general. You have an energy and a way of value that I love. You are a huge inspiration to me and countless others. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Don't stop. Thank you both so much for writing in. And remember, keep leaving reviews because yours could be next.